Jesse live from the ESPN 690 and a jar and Levine studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I have deep compassion for clinical depression, mm-hmm. but when it comes to the quarterback of an NFL team, it's the ultimate leadership position in sports. Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. You are commanding an entire franchise. What's the roster now? Is it 53 still? 53, but yeah. I think they got like 15 practice <laughs> squad know, guys. Okay. But, but you're commanding a uh-huh. lot of young men uh-huh. and some older men, and they're all looking to you to be their CEO, to be in charge of the football team. Because of all that, I don't don't have sympathy for him going public with I got depressed I suffered depression early in covid to the point that I couldn't even go work out he's the quarterback of America's team That's Skip Bayless and that's disturbing quite frankly Listen this is the second time I brought up Skip Bayless in the last week And we're just talking in commercial break as well. I understand the business. I get it. Listen, we have video feeds. We like to promote Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, and we'd love you to watch and click on it. And sometimes clicking on things could mean money and all these kind of deals. That's the way our business works. That's the way a lot of businesses works. That's the way media is now in general. But man, oh man, I mean, number one, there's a line that you can't cross somewhere in there. I think I hope. And number 2 I just lose respect for the folks that sell their soul for it. And it makes it blatantly obvious that they've sold their soul for the clicks and the dollars and the million dollar paydays. And it's Skip Bayless is that guy. I mean, he's just that guy. Probably started out with strong takes and the ESPN stuff that was working and going, and now he's got to live up to the reputation. And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't, but he probably feels the pressure to do it. And so he says these asinine, outlandish things. And sometimes you cross the line. This is the one that crossed the line for so many people. This is really buzzing this afternoon in the sports world. Dak Prescott, in an interview with Graham Bensinger, who, by the way, you can see this show uh, after Action Sports Jack's primetime on Sunday nights on CBS 47. Graham Bensinger gets a he's not like this well-known name in the industry but he gets a ton of interviews uh, for the this late night show that he does in a lot of different markets. And he has some great interviews. And uh, he's not like a guy you see on broadcast and on ESPN and everything else. But he's created uh, this this interview show that's done really well, uh, again, across the country. And Dak Prescott was on the show. And I don't know when they taped the show, but they obviously tease some things uh, leading into the weekend. And... Dak Prescott talks about anxiety and depression. Here's the quote. When you have thoughts that you've never had, I think that's more so than anything a chance to realize it and recognize it, to be vulnerable about it. Quote, talk to my family, talk to the people around me simply as I did at the time. Some of them obviously had dealt with it before, was able to have those conversations and then reach out further just to more people. I think being open about it, not holding those feelings in was one of the better things for me. 
And what he's talking about is the anxiety and depression that he faced after his brother committed suicide in April and dealing with the coronavirus pandemic as well and how that was impacting him and people around him. And so here's an athlete doing what we ask our athletes to do, and that is be vulnerable at times, truthful at times, and Dak Prescott is doing that, but on a grander scale than why we kind of hope that he does it. We would like the truth and the answers and the genuine nature of it, but that's not why he's doing it. He's doing it to help other people who also deal with it. Mental health is a big thing. Uh, across the world here in our country, especially in these times where so many people have been ill, lost their jobs, frustrated. Uh, 2020 has been that kind of year. And this has been a big problem before 2020. And here you have one of the bigger athletes on the planet talking about it, discussing it, and then being lambasted for it by some guy on, on a radio show or a TV show. It was so far crossing the line for Skip Bayless, uh, and I just lose total respect for him. You know, I said this the other day, Coos. I don't remember what Bayless tweeted out about LeBron James, and he's always been like this LeBron James hater, and that's kind of the position he's taken. And and you know what? Whatever. I mean, that that's fine. That's kind of we do. Listen, I don't like the Yankees. Okay, I mean, as people do that. But I remember tweeting, retweeting him, which is what he wants. So I kind of felt dirty about even that. And I remember saying something to the effect of the guy has sold his soul for clicks based on what he said about LeBron James. And I'm like, it's just over the top sometimes. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's not right. And he's just like attacking a guy just to get reaction. And here I am, the dummy reacting. <laughs> it's basically what I said. Do you have the quote? Do you have the tweet, uh, Kuz? Okay, you didn't find that. So that's okay. I thought you were shaking your head like you, you had found it. But uh, he's he's hammered LeBron James for a long time. And then on this one, to say this about Dak Prescott, after a guy makes himself so vulnerable, a guy in his position. See, I look at it as just the opposite of what Bayless said. Here's a guy with a platform, sharing his platform, talking about mental health issues, talking about depression, talking about anxiety, talking about personal, very personal experiences with his brother committing suicide this year and the pandemic and how that impacted. And he's trying to spread the word, hey, it's not just you we go through this stuff, too. I go through this stuff, too. What a great use of a platform to relate to people. A guy that's making $34 million this year. A guy that's going to make hundreds of million dollars uh, after this year. He's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He's an incredible story, anyway, to get to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And he's making himself vulnerable in a sport, by the way, which has been very reluctant to do so. Because there is this macho nature of football. And if you think about it from CTE standpoint and how long it's taken us to even talk about CTE, CTE, findings about CTE, the impact of hitting the violence of sport that used to be like this badge of honor and now is a sincere reality and safety issue sometimes in the sport. We're finally getting to the point where we've lost that macho nature that nothing is wrong and i can't say this 
for when it comes to concussions and stuff. And and in a moment like this for Dak Prescott to show vulnerability. And now we got this clown and Skip Bayless calling him out for it, which then begs the question, will this discourage? I'm not saying to Skip Bayless discourage others, but if you're going to bring this to light in a negative way, well, will the next athlete be less willing to do it? And there's the roadblock again, rather than good use of platform. Listen, I don't call. I, I respect a lot of folks. Uh, I, I don't usually call people out. I just said uh, when I tweeted the segment, Skip Bayless is an idiot. I mean, he is. He's an idiot. He's a clown. There's nothing. I don't respect him. I don't care that he makes millions of dollars. I don't care that millions of people watch. Uh, to be honest with you, he's a clown and an idiot. It's as simple as that. And he sold his soul to get to this point, And now he crossed the line. It's as simple as that. You know, we live this. I was just saying this in, in our commercial break, and it's frustrating in this business sometimes, because if you want to do that, it's a good way to go in terms of making you rich. I'm not sitting here saying I could sell my soul and, and make you click on everything. And all of a sudden, Brent Martin would be rich. You still have to be talented personality. And, and I might not be that. <laughs> but we have so many guys in the industry now that. Do this just for the clicks and the dollars rather than what they really believe in because it gets attention and it goes viral and all this stuff. And I call that selling your soul, man, because you don't really believe in it. You don't believe what you're spitting out. And we all say stuff that's dumb. If you're on the radio three hours a day, I've always said you're going to say stuff that's dumb. You don't always have the right takes. You don't always have the right opinions, predictions, all that stuff. But at least at the time, you'd like to believe that you're saying it because you believe it. That's your opinion. That's your thought. There's not a doubt in my mind Skip Bayless is saying stuff that he doesn't believe. That he's saying it because he knows we're all going to react this way. That, to me, is the crime of it all. That, to me, is where sports all of a sudden, sports shows and and analysts and all this stuff has kind of merged with the politics of the world where we have to go one side or the other and nothing in between. And here we are. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's too bad that Skip Bayless uh, said something like that. Uh, hopefully uh, it's ignored. And what Dak Prescott says is more powerful and heard by many more or at least listened to uh, by many more. And maybe. Maybe in this instance. Skip Bayless being an ass and being an idiot and a clown brings more attention to mental health and Dak Prescott and everything else in between. Uh, and we hear that story more. Maybe that's the good of it. Uh, but outside of that, uh, pretty bad moment, in my opinion, for Skip Bayless uh, here today. And it's not his first one. Uh, so. I uh, lost a lot of respect for Skip Bayless. I'm not sure where my respect level was because he's been at it like this for a bit. Uh, but this one certainly crossed the line, I would imagine, uh, for for most people. So that's the latest. If you see the Dak Prescott story buzzing around, that uh, is the latest on that. Uh, the other thing uh, when it comes to uh, Dak Prescott, again, and if you just joined us, this was on Graham Bensinger. And uh, that will run Sunday night here in town after Action Sports Shack's primetime midnight on CBS 47 is when that show runs. So you can hear the interview uh, with Dak Prescott in its entirety. Coos, do you still have, uh, just in case folks are jumping in, because I know that happens, uh, do you have the Bayless what he said today? 
uh, again, we'll play it for you. And this is why we've been talking about this and why my comments are, are the way they are about Skip Bayless today. He said this about Dak Prescott talking about depression, anxiety after Dak Prescott's, uh, uh, came out and talked about it. His brother had, uh, committed suicide in April. The pandemic uh, had hit his, his family and hit him hard. And uh, Skip Bayless said this about the quarterback of the Cowboys. I have deep compassion for clinical depression. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the quarterback of an NFL team, it's the ultimate leadership position in sports. Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. You are commanding an entire franchise. What's the roster now? Is it 53 still? 53, but yeah. I think they got like 15 practice squad know, guys. Okay. But, but you're commanding a uh-huh. lot of young men. Uh-huh. And some older men, and they're all looking to you to be their CEO, to be in charge of the football team. Because of all that, I don't have sympathy for him going public with, I got depressed. I suffered depression early in COVID to the point that I couldn't even go work out. He's the quarterback of America's team. Well, that's Skip Bayless, and uh, if that doesn't bother you a little bit, it's like, eesh. I mean, that's cringeworthy stuff, what Skip Bayless uh, said today, no doubt about it, and that's what people... Have been talking about uh, quite a bit. So uh, that's my thoughts on the Dak Prescott, Skip Bayless stuff. Although Dak Prescott didn't try to make this about Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless has made this about Skip Bayless, uh, unfortunately. And uh, I hate sometimes, Kuz, I do this. I wrestle with this all the time, whether I should tweet about it or even talk about it, because it brings light to an idiot. Like, I, I try not to do that stuff, um, but I did it. And it was... I just feel like it's buzzing around so much. Had to at least address it and, and uh, discuss it a little bit. Brent Martin, no. Uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Some news coming in from around the NFL. Jalen Ramsey just tweeted this. I just officially signed my contract. Yo, this is surreal. Um, I bet it is $105 million uh, for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Quentin Nelson, the offensive lineman for the Indianapolis Colts and a stud. For them, and they're considered to have one of the best offensive lines in football. He missed practice today with a back injury. That's something to keep an eye on for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Meanwhile, the Jaguars' injury report continues to be pretty small. I think just three players on the list. Uh, they are relatively healthy and pretty healthy, and they should be probably healthy because, quite frankly, there's a little bit of a narrative going around now. If you took things lightly in camp, if you didn't go hard, if you didn't hit a lot, are you going to come out and lay an egg on Sunday? A lot of people believe that, and it's all because the Navy coach, when they got their butts whooped the other day, the Navy coach said at halftime they should have uh, outside on me we should have done more we should have been more physical and i think everybody's gone and and taken that like oh my gosh byu beat navy 31 to nothing in the first half or whatever it was and they crushed them that means if my team did not hit in camp we're gonna get obliterated maybe byu is just better than navy okay uh let's let's see how it plays out a little bit on sunday in the nfl tonight in the nfl before we get a little carried away with that, which I think that narrative has become getting a little carried away with. The Jags had to get to a season, in my opinion. I think that is win number one for a coach, is get to the season. If you, in hindsight, then deter- decide, you know what, we didn't hit enough, we, we, we should have been tougher, we're not physical enough, all this stuff, we didn't tackle, well, you got to live with that. But it's worse if you get a guy hurt in practice, I think. And, by the way, around the NFL, you're seeing guys get hurt. And I'm not saying those were even physical injuries. Hamstring injury, uh, Galladay, you know, the Von Miller story, of course. Uh, So, uh, what's his name's on IR? Hunter up in Minnesota. I mean, you're getting these injuries. Cortland Sutton had an MRI today, I think a shoulder injury. 
Uh, again, these are just normal practice injuries, but that's what coaches are afraid of. I'll roll the dice. I'll take my chances that the Jaguars can tackle and be physical enough on Sunday, even though they had a light camp, because they don't have a ton of depth. They needed their guys uh, to be healthy. All right, it's time for our high school football talk with our game of the week, brought to you by the Honda of the Avenues. We're starting up something tomorrow. Just got the word in today. All right, all right. How about this? This is the way we do things around here. Yep. We had a little bit in the works, but confirmation comes today. Okay. That tomorrow night we got a new show on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6. Love it. It's beautiful. It's called the Blitz Scoreboard Show. And because of all the protocols and everything else, we're, we're not doing our game of the week, but we bring in Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber, and we do have a game of the week on the Blitz weekly, but we're not broadcasting it like we did on ESPN 690 last year. So instead, we're doing an hour show, the Blitz Scoreboard Show, brought to you by Honda of the Avenues. And that will start tomorrow night, 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. And we're going to evolve this thing. We're going to have some fun with it. But a uh, high school hour on a Friday night, it will lead right into our TV coverage at 1030 on the Friday night blitz. We'll be all around. Stewart and Marcel and everybody will be jumping in the conversation. We're excited about it. We love high school football. And uh, it's good that that is back. Stuart Weber is back. What's the game of the week? Brought to you by the Honda of the Avenues. That'd be Bowles and Trinity Christian, uh, two of the top programs, not just in our area, but really in the state when it comes to making deep playoff runs. And uh, they had a they had a dandy a couple of years ago in the playoffs and in the regular season as well. But the the playoffs ones, the memorable one, going a couple overtimes before uh, Trinity Christian was able to come away with a victory. So uh, should be an exciting early test for both. It's the first regular season game for both of them. Uh, both, you know, had some kickoff classics last week, and you know this this will be a fun one. This will be a an interesting matchup to see how far these teams are this early in the season. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. And the the weird thing for both of these teams is that the the playoffs are going to be a little weird. I said weird twice in the same sentence, but it's going to be weird because That's weird. lots of the South Florida teams are so uncertain, you know, and for the private school ranks, the, the two A's, the three A's, the four A's, those kind of divisions, a lot of the power teams that, that challenge our teams like Trinity and Bowles tend to come from South Florida. So there's a lot of question marks as to who all is going to be in the postseason by the time we get there. Um, maybe, you know, these are some of the hardest games of the year for them. But we said that in the past, and then they've gone on to lose. So who knows? Yeah, it's a, listen, Trinity, Bowles looks pretty good. I was out at the scrimmage the other day. Their offense didn't look in shape. They've got some players coming back. They've got they've got some players. Yeah. Uh, Trinity always has players. So it's a matter of what they look like as a team. They know that, We know they have talent. Uh, we, we just don't know how much talent and what that looks like. It was a highly disappointing finish last year for Trinity Christian. It was a great run for Matt Tolblin and, and Bowles. Uh, to start his career at Bowles, sure. get into the state championship game. Which we uh, knew he four. had in him, obviously, from his time at Ponte Vedra. Absolutely. Coach. So I, I love the game. Yep. I mean, I love the fact, hey, just much Bowles and Reigns or Trinity and Reigns or those kind of games that we have. We didn't see them for a long time mm-hmm. around here, the early Correct. part since you got here. But now in the last few years, we've got them. And now with these scheduling gaping holes and everybody trying to piece the schedule together, I love that these schools aren't afraid to, to go play each other. Well, and we started seeing it again because of the benefit. You know, when, when they kind of went to some different point systems you started to reward teams for playing these challenging squads which for many years there there was no reward you know there was no benefit to to playing some of these you know big time teams but now even if you lose a game against a team that that's going to go on and have such a great record you know you're 
you're getting the benefit from that. And this year, where everybody makes the playoffs, you definitely are getting the benefit because win or loss, you're going to learn some things and you're going to you're going to have some valuable lessons that you can teach the guys in practice here over the next week. No doubt. Uh, Trinity Christian Bowls. Uh, this is kind of the opening week of the football season. I mean, there is, were some yeah. games last week, but this feels like the opening week. Everybody's going for real. And there are some good games. Bartram Trail Creekside amongst them uh, down in St. John's County. Both of the St. Johnny games, St. John's County games. That one and uh, Ponte Vedra and Nice have both sold out. Uh, so fans hoping to go get a ticket. I don't know if they have scalpers at the high school level, but you're not getting don't one. Don't encourage that. I'm not encouraging it. I'm not encouraging it, but I'm saying there might be. I don't I don't know if I could get my hands on some. We might make something happen. No. Um those those are going to be two really good rivalry games right off the rip. And I love that we're getting some some good ones, you know, because these teams only started practicing what? Two and a half weeks ago is when they they first got on the practice field with helmets on. Uh a week and a half ago, the first time they were able to put pads on. And tonight we're seeing great games like that. You've got Parker and Fletcher tonight or tomorrow night as well. Uh, that's going to be a good one between two teams that had their been a normal playoffs would have been expected to go to the playoffs and make some noise. Yeah, and tonight actually we have we some have football one tonight, tonight well. right? Inglewood, yeah. Jackson. Inglewood at Jackson. Yeah, uh, Coach Christopher Foy in his debut as uh, the head man for the Tigers, the Nightmare on Main Street, trying to bring that back. Coach Foy was at Fletcher the past few years. Uh, we had a memorable TV moment with him. I don't know, six or seven years ago when uh, he ran me through the county fair, their, their conditioning thing that they used to start practice. He was the, the coach that, that ran me through those paces. Uh, so good luck to him and the Jackson squad as they get it going against Inglewood tonight. That game's at 6 o'clock. Of course, we'll have some presence there. Marcel Robinson going to be there. Olivia Tassley's going to be there getting her first taste of shooting football since that's new for her this year. So we're excited to see. I just... Uh, I almost missed your call there a second ago because we were going through the camera tutorial downstairs and kind of <laughs> getting her ready to go. And it's going to be it's going to be a different year, obviously. You know, there's different restrictions on, on where you can shoot from and, you know, how many people are going to be able to come. And sometimes you have to give a name in advance. And, you know, all these things that are being put in place to, to keep people safe, which we certainly understand. And, you know, we're going to do do our best to, to make it seem as much like a normal Friday night for the folks at home as we can and bring you as many of these great highlights and 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 radio calls as we can we're excited about this show yeah well obviously our coverage is all week long in high school football but uh when the games start playing we ramp it up and then on fridays uh, we we start yapping about high school football a lot more we'll have some uh segment in this show of course about what's coming up on friday nights but that's from three to six we're usually live at a place at 650 on tv and we have the Blitz, 10.30 to 11 on Fox 30, 11.20 on CBS 47 and Fox 30 with all the highlights. And now in between, we'll put this show, the Blitz scoreboard show, 9 p.m. until 10 p.m. on ESPN 690, but also on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the rest where you see this show. And we've got some cool ideas and concepts. It, it, it'll grow. It'll evolve. And we've got some fun things uh, kind of in the works that we think will be very appealing, especially this year, because there's a lot of parents, a lot of folks that aren't able to go or visiting fans. Like I, I heard something that I, I want to say I'm right on this and I don't I don't even know it might have been one of the schools in St. John's County because I was probably talking to one of the parents down there and I think they said three family members can go for the football players okay, okay? and I think the band gets like then cheerleaders maybe two or three fa family members so once that allotment is done basically that's it like no other like I can't go as just a community member sure right uh, and then on top of that the visiting team, at least in this instance, would get 150 tickets to distribute however they want. Yeah. 
So those are just some of the ways that's happening. We know in Duval it's 30%. So people are going to not be able to see the games or they're going to watch them because a lot of teams live stream them now. Mm-hmm. And But they watch it from that one camera that's like so far away. I can't see my kid. You know, that's part of it. At least we get to see something. Uh, but I think our shows uh, now will be – Somewhat important to people. I think they always have been. They've always been fun, and we love doing it. Uh, and you know the teams watch and, and check out all the channels, hopefully more of the Friday Night Blitz on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But I think this will be a year that will be really interesting for folks that like high school football, for family members to see their kids play or a moment. You're, there's a decent chance they might not be able to see that in person. Hopefully someone uh, on camera got it. And I think the, the really cool thing about this concept, and when when you brought it up to me, you know, a week or two ago. That's how quickly things <laughs> develop in our world, and I love that aspect of it. The, the really cool thing about this time frame of doing a show from from nine to ten is is really going to be the immediacy of it. You know, because the games are still going to be going on. A lot of the non Duval County public school ones, those yep. are the only ones that start at six. But all those seven o'clock games are still going to be going on. The seven thirty high school games, games take forever. They take forever now. They certainly do. Um, but you know, having us as our, our network, our group of guys and, and gals who are out there shooting the games to be able to call in and to be able to buy these updates from people who actually went to the games and saw what was happening. I think that is going to be such a, a key part of it uh, to really bring that experience to the people who are listening or watching at home. And uh, I, I really love the Friday night experience. It's for people who don't work in our business. It is so hard to explain just how how much adrenaline runs through your body and hopefully we'll be able to to kind of express that with this show here uh tomorrow night and, and Friday nights moving forward because it, it is it, it's just unique there is something to it some some level of excitement to it where you have you know 40 games going on that you're covering and you're keeping track of and it's all coming in the last second it's, yeah it's a lot of fun it's uh it's fun it's awesome uh we love it we can't wait for it tomorrow night kind of week one it feels like there was some football played last week but uh everybody we'll call playing. last week week zero week zero i hate week zero but uh <laughs> week one uh really uh gets going tomorrow night and uh we will have our that is our honda the avenues game of the week trinity and bowls we'll be talking about that one tomorrow night on tv and on the radio one, yeah. uh and uh then we debut our Blitz Scoreboard Show brought to you by Honda the Avenues at uh, 9 o'clock tomorrow uh, evening right here on ESPN 690 and on our social media platform. So make sure you check it out. Stuart Weber does a fantastic job for us in our high school football coverage. He leads the way. And uh, thanks for stopping by, man. I feel like Austin's looking over my shoulder. If you look at the video stream, of he, this uh, thing, he's he like is. right on top of me. Yeah, he is. Always here, always present. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a break. We come back. How about your Braves scoring 29 Ooh. runs? Mike. By goodness. the way, the Marlins broadcast kept skipping ahead of their runs on the replay today. <laughs> I don't blame them. They, we'll be back. Oh, we're going to have to move ahead. And they skip a grand slam. It's like, come on, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> did you, did, was Duvall supposed to be this good of a player? He's got 13 home runs and two three home run games. Or is yeah, that I, just, don't, I, I don't think anyone could have predicted, predicted I mean, that. I mean, I could have predict that, but I mean, is he... Is he a stud? Like, you hear about Albies and, and all these other guys. No, I mean, Obviously Acuna yeah, and Freeman. But it's, you, it's a pleasant surprise. I mean, it. we like the Duval because of the Duval. Because it's Duval. But Duval. the fact that he's been able to fill right in for Josh Donaldson, who had that great year and then left last year, uh, I, I think that's been exactly what Braves fans have wanted, other than any member of a rotation. They probably would want that. Because they true. have no pitchers at all. We'll talk a little bit about that Braves game, a little bit about baseball. We've got a little NBA chatter as well, Driving Dish Podcast. But we wrap up with the NFL here on a Thursday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's on the way. Coming up next.
Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clapped back. There you go, Coos. There's, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clapped. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using oh, that tonight. Gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys just had a moment. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, I, I, you know, I, that's the plan. Um, you, you know, I think obviously having Miles on the outside instead of in the middle of three with all the traffic and stuff issues that, that they have, he's more in his natural position, and we see we already see that. Um, obviously, the signing of Joe was big for us because he's got such great instincts uh, within the box, know where he fits. He's very, very seldom out of position. And obviously, we got a good edge set with Leon and that kind of stuff in our base package. So I think we got some uh, good players. We got them where we, we think they fit uh, for us to be able to stop the run. And uh, we're, we've gotten a lot bigger up front. And uh, I think that was a big part of some of our issues. That's Todd Wash, Jags defensive coordinator, talking about his defense. And it was solely intended every offseason week. To stop the run. It wasn't to make them into this playmaking 2017 reincarnation where they score 100 and whatever points. It was to stop the run and stop 200-yard outings against them on the ground. It was as simple as that. Have they accomplished that? And we'll find out. We don't know just yet. Uh, talk a little more NFL in just a moment. Uh, Chiefs and Texans coming up tonight to kick off the NFL season. Looking forward to that. Hey, yeah. Kuz, real quick, how did you do? In, how did you do in your fantasy draft? I think I did well. So here's what happens with those for me is because I'm in so many. I try not to have the same team in each. Yeah, because that'd be boring, right? Right. Well, like you know, if I have, um, you'd be a bad gambler, basically. So basically, you right. gamble on eight things just so you don't lose one thing. Right. Like if I have Watson <laughs> in one on one team, I don't want to have him on another team because if then if something happens or he's having a bad season, all my teams stink. Um, I get it. So there were times where there was an option to pick up some players that that I passed on because I have them on other teams. Uh, so I'm interested to see how it goes. I was surprised at how many quarterbacks went like really quickly in our draft. Yeah, I, you know me, man. I, this is the first draft I've done, <laughs> and like, shoot, I mean, seriously, might be 15 years. It might be. Uh, because I auto drafted last year and ended up uh, going to the championship game and losing <clears throat> to Austin, and I <laughs> so I I did something a little different because I saw the running backs up top and I had the sixth pick, which really isn't the great pick. Because what do we have? Ten teams or twelve? I believe we have twelve. I think we have twelve. I can, now I can't, I can't remember. remember, but I it, it's, it's but even if it's ten or twelve, you're in the middle. Right, so you don't get that luxury of like I don't even mind the tenth pick or so or the twelfth pick. So then you get the twelfth, and then the snake draft goes back the other way, and you get the next two picks in a row. Well, I was kind of in the middle, so by the time it got to me, I could have taken uh, like an Alvin Kamara. Right, but, I think I picked. Right I took after Michael you. Thomas. I must have picked right after you. You took Tom, uh, Kamara. It, Somebody Kamara put Kamara right, right after me, me, but then I took someone else. So it was like. I think I, I, I think I took Derrick Henry actually, if I'm you not mistaken. Uh, you in the first round, you did. I think so. Oh, did you? 
You might have. Uh, so anyway, I went after receivers first, and then I got Lamar Jackson in the third round because somebody took Patrick Mahomes like in the second round. Well, I think. because Tank is from Kansas, he yeah, took he him takes first. all the Kansas City guys. Oh, he took him first. He okay. literally he commented and said, "All right, I can leave now. I've I've come for what I needed." Um, well. I went receive. I, I bet if we had Austin in here, he'd bust my chops for going receivers because then I waited I, on mm-hmm. running backs uh, a little bit. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I just had a little strategy where like I'm oh. going to. So I got Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. Who was it that we had on the uh, like a week or two ago? Uh, that was Mike Clay. Mike Clay said something about how when you get later on in the rounds, there's just a ton of wide receivers, and he was right. Like he was. There was a lot. It got to a point where I was like. I, oh, oh! I could. Oh, I should take him. Oh, I should yeah. take him. And then I'm looking at. Him, I'm like, I have almost eight wide receivers and only four running backs. Like, I need to get more running back. I got Justin Jefferson like in the thirteenth round. He was still there. Well, and like Chark in ours went fairly late. I thought he did. Uh, did you like my my last pick was guess who? James Min- Robinson. Oh, I was gonna say Minshew. It wasn't. It was James Robinson. Yeah, no one in our league took Minshew in the first round. Get that free. Bud nah, Light. no Bud Light for them. Uh, so anyway, fantasy draft. We'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, hope your fantasy lineups are set. We got the Chiefs and Texans. Uh, we'll talk about it in just a moment. Uh, we'll end the show with that. Uh, but a couple quick hitters first. Uh, Major League. Seriously, did you see the brace? I mean, 29 runs. And I, earlier in the day, the Twins, I think it was, had scored 19. <laughs> no, no, it was the Brewers. The Brewers would be the Tigers 19 and nothing. Which not only tied the second in history. Uh, it was right? second in history the, in the modern era since 1900. That's a lot, though. I mean, that's 120 years. And the last night, the Braves scored the second most runs in 120 years. And as Ty pointed out to me, he's like, yeah, they didn't score the last inning in two-third either. <laughs> they, got, they got the last five outs. The most amazing stat of all, and Duvall had an unbelievable game. He had a two-run homer, three-run homer, and a grand slam. I almost said four-run homer. I really almost said four-run homer. Uh, <laughs> hit a grand slam. The, the Marlins used only five pitchers. That's it. Also, the Marlins scored nine runs and lost by 20. <laughs> it was comical. Uh, Stewart said that they were playing again today. Well, it's it's going to be like two to one. This is the way baseball is. You watch. Let's see what we got. Uh, oh, it's already over? Oh, no. They must have been showing the replay. Okay, that's what he was referencing. They uh, The Marlins don't play tonight against the Braves. Braves play the Nationals. That would have been great if they played against I guarantee it would have been like 3-2 to two or 2-1. Two to one. It's just the way baseball is. Uh, pretty wild night uh, in Major League Baseball. The Braves lineup is really good. Uh, and baseball's getting fun as we go down to the, the final stretch here. As we are in mid-September, uh, believe it or not. It feels like baseball just started, but it's actually just about to end, at least in the regular season. NBA. Man, the, again, I told you to look up. The NBA is fantastic. I forgot to you gotta look it. that up. Look it up later. Uh, that used to be their old like slogan. NBA is fantastic. Well, Kuz is too young to remember that, believe it or not, folks. But the NBA is fantastic right now, isn't it? I mean, the amount of games that we've seen come down to the wire. This is what we love about the NFL. There's a lot of games that come down the wire in the NFL. The NBA has been pretty darn good the last two and a half weeks or so. There was a stretch where they had five games come down the wire. Last night, more overtime. We've got a game seven now with Celtics in Toronto. And that's a very good series, an interesting series. I saw some folks from the New England area say, ah, it's over. We we, we should have knocked them out before we did. I still think, think the Celtics are going to beat them. I think they're going to beat them in game seven. 
I think it, I, you make it makes me wonder how much you know they had to put in to go into two overtimes. I mean that's exhausting, and I get it. The Celtics, you know, did it too, so both teams are going to be tired. But man, it, you know, it always seems like that's how the NBA goes. Sometimes with those kinds of games, the winning team in a in a two overtime win seems more tired than the team that lost. Yeah, well, and especially they've been chasing uphill the whole time. They were down two right. nothing. They were down three two. Keep in mind, too, remember that they were about to be down. Was it three nothing? Until what's his name hit the yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, the catch and shoot right uh, yeah. in, with a half second to go. Mm-hmm. It's been a great series, underrated series. Well, and I liked how Kyle Lowry, you know, in his uh, post game was kind of he was talking about. It. He's like, yeah, you know, I this that this. And then he's like, can I be honest for a second? And he just starts cursing, and he's like, I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> They've uh, how about uh, the great Tatum threw it to Nick Nurse. Yeah. Did you see that? Which nurse shouldn't have been standing there. But right. it reminded me of my my dad because we played in this father-son game when I was in middle school. Junior high, we called it. And so it's a father-son game. And my dad in that game passed it to the referee. Like he always tells that story, right? He's not really a basketball guy or anything, but he was playing. He was gutting it out. He was doing it for his kid. Play it even though he didn't like the play. <laughs> and he always tells the story that he threw it uh, to the referee uh, when they were like on a fast break or something. And that's what it reminded me. Tatum was throwing it to Nick Nurse. Like he saw Nick Nurse and he threw it to him. I, uh, I found your commercial, by the way. And it was definitely before I was born in 1988. Is it 88? Is that how far back oh, it is? That's goes? what this one says. Maybe there were more, but this one specifically says 1988. Can we play it? I'll play. Well, it's mostly just music. But oh, don't back, worry about it. But then. the back end, they say it. Okay. Uh, well, if you find it. Lastly, to- NBA action. It's fantastic. There you go. <laughs> NBA, it's fantastic. Uh, the I always like that slogan. By the way, I thought they did a good job with that. All right, Chiefs and Texans, man. We got football tonight. It's like a nine-point spread is what I saw it at. That might be not the latest one. Sometimes we, we get some goofy spreads, so it's up to nine and a half. I mean, I would have to take Houston in that, although Thursday night football on the road against the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Do you think they... It, I think the, the Chiefs win, but I think it's going to be a good game. The, it's, uh, the over-under is 53 and a half. I bet I'd take the over. Really? I, I was it. thinking first game of the season, everyone's rusty, maybe no one's scoring. Think about the last year. I know it was Jacksonville, but they were clicking. That team's back. Their offense is back. They don't need – they didn't need a preseason. And I think a good point on the Texans. They have a lot of new parts and people. But I've got a feeling because of the lack of physical play in preseason games, the offenses are going to look better. I think the offenses are going to look good in the in the early going uh, of the season. We'll see if I'm right that game uh, tonight. 7 o'clock tonight, we have Jaguars All-Access. That's coming up on Fox 30, so I'm hustled over to the stadium for that. We'll talk more about the Jags opener against the Colts coming up this weekend. Thanks for hanging with us here on the Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30.